The following show contains spoilers for John Wick Chapter 2. Don't fuck with John Wick. We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive The man. The myth. The legend. John Wick. You're not very good at retiring. I'm working on it. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack and today I'm joined by Chris Wick. I'm the candle in the dark, you light my wick and I burn so bright. I'm no relation to John Wick, also known as the Boogeyman or the Bogeyman, however you wish to pronounce it, the uh, almighty assassin of the underworld. He rolls around doing gun food, jitsu and all this stuff and acts cool and badass. I spilt baked beans myself today. (laughs) Before we get on to John Wick, your not-relative, let's kick off with some news. Would you like some Warner Brothers DC news? If you're going to tell me that Flash's parents have been cast, I don't care. They've not been cast. Right, I don't care. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Well, this is good news, kind of. They're in talks with a couple of directors to take over projects. First off, they are in talks with Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad 2. Mel Gibson, he's currently got a film out, Hacksaw Ridge, which is getting positive praise. Uh, He's also done Braveheart and Passion of the Christ. He's also a maniac, is Mel Gibson at times. Have you heard the stories of I have heard of this, Mel? yes. I've also heard he's been accused of certain other things as well. Yes, we probably shouldn't go into that. But yeah. what do you think about Mel Gibson? Have you seen any of his films? As soon as you say Mel Gibson, I think instantly of Braveheart. That was the first Mel Gibson film I saw. That was quite good. There was rape and pillaging in it and mass murder. It ticks everything in the Chris Wanton Destruction list. Yes, apart from that, the only other thing I think I've seen him in is, uh, is it a Lethal Weapon? Yeah, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I've seen him in that. I haven't seen Passion of the Christ, but I've been told it's a very, very long film. Probably is. It was, up until Deadpool came out, the highest earning 15 or 18 film. Really? Yeah, so... He's no slouch when it comes to directing. He's directed some big hitters. Uh, But the other film that they're in talks with directors for is uh, Shazam. They're looking to David F. Sandsberg, who directed Lights Out and Annabelle 2, which is coming out, I think, later this year. So he's predominantly a horror director. Have you seen any of his films? Horror's your thing. Lights Out, have you seen? No. Okay. I've been meaning to watch Lights Out. Um, I have seen the first Annabelle. I don't know if you've done that. No, okay. I don't think he did. Right. Yeah, no, I've not seen them, but I've, I've been meaning to watch them. Have you seen the Lights Out short? Uh, that it originated from, the woman turned the light on. I've seen that, yeah, she's holding yeah. laundry, yeah. I think was, that was him as well. That was him as well. That? Okay. If they go with horror, with Shazam, I'm all for that. <laughs> That'd be great, like... The kid trapped in an endless nightmare and he escapes at the end by meeting a wizard who gives him the power and he goes, Shazam! <clears throat> My voice broke then. I mean Shazam. Well, that would be a weird change because Shazam... Shazam? Shazam? Because <laughs> Shazam, for people that don't know, he's a kid that can essentially turn into Superman by saying Shazam. And The Rock has been penciled in to play Black Adam, the villain of of the piece for a while now so 
I don't know. Would this? Do you think this would scare off the Rock? It depends who they if, got playing if, Shazam. If David goes, hey, I want you to play essentially a horror villain. He's done it before, Scorpion King. No, that's shit. But he's done it before, irregardless. <laughs> so yeah, I think he'll uh, he'll all be up for it. Have they got anybody in mind for Billy the Boy? Or... Billy, Billy the Boy. <laughs> well, that's what he's called, isn't it, Billy? Not that I know of. I don't think they've got anyone for Shazam either. I don't right. envy anyone going up against Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So that charismatic ball of muscles and eyebrows. He is huge. He is massive. I have a Shazam question quickly. Okay, I probably won't be able to answer it, but it, it's it's Billy the kid who turns into uh Shazam when he says Shazam. In the Flashpoint paradox it's like five different kids who say it and come together. Yeah. Is that just because it's a paradox and it's just slightly altered, or is that a whole other thing? Uh, that's... Pr- oh, Flashpoint. No, I just think that's so they can show Wonder Woman murdering five kids. Okay, yeah, alright, that works. Okay, <laughs> Is that tick on yep, your list of fine. <laughs> cruelty? That's good, Child yeah. murder. That's great. I love the scene where Aquaman gets his arm chopped off. We're still talking about... Flashpoint. Flashpoint, point, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. So, yeah, if Sandsberg can murder five children in his film, you'll be happy. Yes, I'm looking forward to the Shazam film now. I'm glad they're doing it. I, I enjoy Well, he's Shazam. just in talks. He's not confirmed. No, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. You heard, you heard it here first, people. I think it's unlikely that Mel Gibson's going to be persuaded to do Suicide Squad 2. And David, he might be uh, persuaded in to do this big budget film, but yeah. Well, she'll see how that pans out, Chris. You're obviously looking forward to Dave. Yeah. Also, I don't want a Shazam origin film because I know the origins. Other people might not be familiar, but fuck them. I, I want to go straight them. in. I don't know them. He meets a wizard who gives him the powers. <laughs> the wizard is actually called Shazam. That's why he says Shazam. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. It's not Gandalf then. I wish. I want Ian McKellen to rock up in the DC universe. Ugh, no chance. Next bit of news. Rogue One is getting a sequel. In book form. Following... Oh, screw you. I got so excited then. For this... <laughs> I got, like, that split second I was excited and you're like, book form. Uh, no, it's gone. Uh, it's going to be called Inferno Squad and it's going to be following the crew of Forrest Whitaker. You know, his extreme rebel yeah. group. But they all it's... died. Uh, well, most of, some of them probably escaped. It's not following Forrest because he's dead. It's, it's them... I think trying to find a new cause or a new leader or a new plan or whatever after they go, holy shit, they killed Forrest and there's a big moon thing that can rock up at any time and kill us all. How are our guerrilla tactics going to help with this? So I think that's what it's going to be about. But they don't do anything because the Death Star gets destroyed irregardless. Well, we'll find out in the book. Stop naysaying. I'm not going to read it. I know, because you can't read. <laughs> you said you won't tell anyone. <laughs> it's on a podcast now. Casting news for Jurassic World 2, Chris. James Cromwell from Babe and Spider-Man 3. He plays Captain Stacy in Spider-Man 3, and he's the farmer in Babe. He's quite old, tall. Played Gwen Stacy's dad. I know who Captain <laughs> Stacy is. <laughs> Thank you. I can't picture him, though. I've watched Spider-Man 3 for a while. Oh, well, he's that guy. Okay. He's in Jurassic World. Play now, I don't know who he's playing, but he played... Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is in Jurassic World. 
She's the lady that can outrun a T-Rex in high heels. Naturally. And they played father and daughter in Spider-Man 3. So maybe they're father and daughter in Spider-Man... Uh, not Spider-Man, Jurassic World. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> in Jurassic World 2. Uh, other than that, he's probably playing a scientist, maybe? Is I'm just guessing, because he looks tall and wise. Is Ian McKellen in it? No. I don't want to know, then. I want Ian McKellen to be in something else. Why are you I'm obsessed not, with Ian McKellen? I've not seen him on screen for a while. Watch X-Men again. Last bit of news. Uh, maybe you heard about this. It was it was on the radio. Harrison Ford almost died in a plane-related accident again. Uh, yeah, I read that. <laughs> this wasn't his fault this time. There was some kind of mess-up, and he landed on the same runway as a Boeing or something was about to take off. And yeah, he, he, he went, is that meant to be there? Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because he, he was quoted as saying, wasn't he, to the um, air traffic control type. Was like, that plane maybe as he flew over the top of it. Yeah. Christ. So this is the second time, because he actually crashed his plane. On a golf course. Yeah, I think, was this before or after he broke his leg on the Millennium Falcon set during Force before, Awakens? Before, I believe it was before. Yeah. So but, it's, the end, That wasn't his fault either. His no. engine failed, and uh, they actually said he expertly crash-landed it. And that's how he managed <laughs> as to survive expertly, it. As he can crash well, land did you a plane. see the wreck of it? He totaled it and he was still alright. God on Harrison. Do you think it's time for him to step away from planes? I don't know. He's like 70 now, isn't he? He's been flying since he was in his early 50s. He's had just under 20 years. Okay. Harrison, please don't die. <laughs> we need you for the Blade Runner 3, the fifth Indiana Jones film. No! No more Crystal Skulls. And your return appearance in episode 9 of Star Wars. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just don't die, Harrison. Now, John Wick Chapter 2. Chris, what is the story of this particular film that we will be talking about today? Okay, well, it opens up, I don't know how far off the first one, but a short distance, I imagine, with him stealing back his car, which was taken in the first film, and then he, uh, he tries to retire once more, and it doesn't work, because the Spanish dude turns up and he's like, you're out of retirement, I need you to do something for me. I have a medallion that you put the blood on it, and we have a sacred code among the uh, the assassins of the world. And by that, there's two rules. You don't kill anybody in the Continental, and you're on a little blood fingerprint medallion thing. At first, John Wick refuses, so he blows up his house, and so he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to help you then. And then uh, he gets him to kill his sister. And then he gets double-crossed, so Wick, in classic style, goes revenge, which is... Goes which, revenge. Goes revenge. <laughs> All the films are just him just going revenge. Go revenge. Go revenge. <laughs> and then he... he kills them all he fights back in doing so though he kills this Spanish guy in the Continental and breaks the first rule and uh, gets himself exiled from the world of assassins with a huge contract put on him which will probably lead to John Wick chapter 3 I imagine you expertly spoiled the whole film Chris well done yes <laughs> yeah so that, that that pretty much sums it up so what are your thoughts on John Wick we'll start with the proverbial John Wick character played by Keanu Reeves I like him why? Because <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> he's great. He, he, um, I mean, I had a John Wick day yesterday because I watched the first film then a few hours later I watched the second one. And uh, so I've got a good dose of him in that. And he's just a nutter, ain't he? He just runs people over. It's a thing for hitting people with his cars. He does that a lot in the first one like, as well. He's, he's, he's not a nutter. He's, he's a... Right. As a character, he's quite plain and mellow and calculating he walks into a room and he, you can see he's thinking okay if shit hits the fan here's what i do he's a simple man 
all he wants to do is be left alone in his in his nice house with his dog uh to grieve for his wife and you know just be left alone just have a chilled life but then this uh what, what's his name santiago i can check desperado santiago yeah i was right <laughs> the spanish guy but when santiago the the, the spanish guy the spaniel the, Spanard. it's a dog Spanard? when when he rocks up john's not happy because he just wants to be left alone he's given up he got his revenge in the first one for the bad people killing his dogs, and he made up uh, with the remaining gangsters in in the opening segment of the film. So he's he's tied up all of his loose ends, apart from this one medallion that he has to. He's being cashed in on now, so he's very reluctant. But what you're 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 talking about is he's a nutter. Is his fighting style? Oh, it's as great. a character, he's not a nutter. As his fighting style, you say nutter, but it's very calculated. It's It's always two shots. One to the foot, one to the head, or one to the chest, one to the head. Should we talk about the fights in this? Yes, that's the entire selling point of John Wick. (laughs) The gung fu. Yeah, it's great. They're all pretty inventive. This is a pretty film. Every shot looks really... (laughs) It is. Every shot is interesting. And... Well lit, stylish, stylized. Yeah, uh, the fights do get a tad bit samey towards the end. I think that's probably because there's so many of them, and John Wick's fighting style is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, there are a few occasions where he has to change it up, where he's not got a gun or where he's in a confined space. There are a few bits where he has to vary it up, but most of the time it's bang bang, hide grab bang bang but there are a few standout scenes the opening in particular in the taxi rank fight scene where he just he just gets hit by a car and he gets up and he's still punching and fighting and the fights they seem like they'd play out like a real fight i mean i've never fought an assassin but they're always if they if they can they've got a grabber they're a hold of their arms and stuff so they don't like Mm. swing punches and things like that so it's very it's realistic and in, as realistic as you can be in in these fight sequences yeah top-notch action just a tiny bit repetitive for me but yeah um the fight scene with uh cassian cassian yeah their fight scenes are always entertaining because they're more fist fights as well yeah, and then they have to drink halfway through. That's a good touch because they roll into the Continental, yeah. which you said is the hotel for assassins where... You're not allowed to conduct business, they call it, don't they? Yes. Business being, don't kill Murdering. anyone. Yeah. Not <laughs> not paperwork. Do paperwork. <laughs> Just don't shoot anyone. Um, yeah, th- those scenes were, were entertaining, yeah. Uh, what did you think of the story? Yeah, it was alright. I mean, it was like the first one, this sort of... He just tries to get out, and it's just like little things that just drag him back in, and it leads to another thing, it leads to another thing. It all just escalates. Like little things this. by <laughs> or like, a man blowing up your I mean, house in with one, you in it. Well, in this one, he deals with the Russians, doesn't he? And it's all done. And then the guy, the uh, Santiago, turns up with the medallion, and he's like, oh, and he sort of gets dragged into it. So he kills the sister, which should have been the end of it, because that's what he's meant to do. So he's fulfilled his medallion promise. Tries to leave, and Santiago's like, oh, I'm going to double cross you and actually have my guys kill you. So again, he's dragged back into it. He eventually gets out of that, 
but obviously ending the film he's going to be dragged back into it again permanently because what he does at the end of the film yeah so what does he do in the first film Santiago why does he get Santiago what does he do for John Wick Uh, to issue the debt yeah he's basically in the first film John Wick is uh, you find out he's working for the the Russians uh, as a hitman and he wants to get out so the the Russian sets him an impossible task that's all they say they don't say anymore what it is or anything but basically if you do this I'll let you go and he gets Santiago to help. You don't see Santiago in the first film at all. Okay. So, uh, but he's mentioned, is he? No. Oh. Not mentioned at all in the first I don't think they plan to have... Probably not, no. Because John Wick was a fairly low budget. Uh, kind of... I don't want to say throwaway. But it, it's probably... If it had gone bad, it would be remembered in, in the same vein as those weird, cheap Nicolas Cage action films that he's always in or Arnold's in or Bullet to the Head Arnold's good films though <laughs> but but no I think because John Wick it, I think it came out in 2014 it got a lot yeah. of good reviews and press and stuff so yeah that's, that's good directing and good uh, shots and st- a simple story it, a story that we can simple. all get on board with yeah you kill a man's dog I'll that man's gonna you. kill you <laughs> Yeah, so he does this impossible task and retires. And that's, that's all you ever hear of it. And obviously in the second film it reveals that whatever it was, Santiago helped him out. Okay. Yeah, because I've not seen the first one. I, I've, I've heard good things and I am going to get on to it. I've watched the Honest trailer for it, so I've technically watched it. Great. So yeah, when he rocked up at John Wick's door, I was like, oh, okay, we're meant to know who this guy is. But then they explain the backstory fairly anyway, promptly yeah. and concisely. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get this. So, it's it's a film you don't need to see the first one for, but it probably helps. No, I mean, bar the opening scene when he gets his car back. It's mostly completely separate, Yeah, it? Yeah. So, what did you think of the villain, Santiago? No, he's a little dick, weren't he? <laughs> Two-timing <laughs> bastard. He is, yeah, because he, he, he wants his sister dead so he can get a seat at the, the grand big table for, I'm guessing... The assassins, the, like the assassins order, yeah, the gangs that control the the area. So like yeah. they probably control the continentals or have influence over the continentals and influence over targets for assassinations. And they probably control that um we- that weird old sort of nineties plug in phone center. Yeah, where they're, yeah. they're connecting each other with wires and their DOS computers and they're sending out contracts on people. So they probably control that. But we don't know much about them. But they are pretty powerful. And Santiago obviously wants some of that power. So gets Wick to off his sister. But then he wants to cover his tracks. Or he says it to John, what kind of man would I be if I didn't avenge my sister? He's just being a dick, ain't he? Yeah, because it's him... But put the contract out on her. Yeah. But in his head, it it makes sense as an honour type thing because there's a strict rule, isn't there? There's lots of rules. You got to honour your medallions. You got to honour the rules of the the hotel. So yeah, it's a it's a strange world, an intriguing world because yeah. everyone's a bloody assassin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking James Bond John Wick crossover. I was thinking John Wick, Jason Bourne fight because there's yeah. this mythos around John Wick and he's like, oh, he killed 
20 men with a pencil. If anything, the stories have been watered down. And then we see him kill a man with a pencil in, in, <laughs> in a scene where he's being... He's been chased. He's put, he's had a bounty put on him. So seven, seven million. Yeah. Seven million, yeah. And there are a bunch of assassins that just so happen to cross Wick's path. A really fat guy, a violin-playing uh, woman, and then two guys doing a crossword puzzle on a train station or whatever. And he murders them all. So there's this mythology around him. So... Pencil versus pencil, John Wick versus Jason Bourne. Who'd win? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I would like to see a crossover like that, though. Like, uh, Bourne accidentally stumbles into the Continental and uh, he gets dragged into it and stuff. Or, like, uh, they, James Bond is sent to investigate these high-profile assassinations and finds Wick. And then either they fight or they work together, or they start working together and then they fight at the end, or they fight first and then work together. Or they think... shower together, you know, whatever. <laughs> they shower together. I think in that triple threat, Bond is probably the odd man out because if we're talking Daniel Craig Bond, he's got the strength and he's got the brutalness, but he's not as innovative. Yeah, he's fine. He's not as technical as Bourne or a Wick. No, yeah. And if you take away his gadgets and his gun, then Bond, I think he'd be taken out first. He'd put up a massive fight and he'd probably injure one of them a bite off John Wick's ear probably (laughs) (laughs) and partially drown Bourne in a sink but I think he might be the first one to go out just because he's not as innovative Wick I think he might be more durable than Bourne well I mean they're both assassins aren't they so well I mean Bond is as well but But, yeah has Bourne ever been hit by a car and got straight back up He's uh he's been in car crashes where he's got out of it, he's been staggering and stuff. Like he got trapped in a car once, pinned in front of his car that was then driven into a barrier, so he got smashed sideways into it and he like staggered out of it all bleeding and blooded and everything, but he was alright. I can't remember if he's been hit directly by a car. Okay. And got straight back up. Uh John Wick has been hit by numerous cars and he got straight back up. Just in this film. I like <laughs> He's trying to, with the Russians, he's going after his car, his his muscle car that got stolen. Uh, oh, oh, that's what we think he's going after. Uh, but he immediately uses his car to punch people. <laughs> he does a handbrake turn into someone, takes his door off to take out a motorcyclist. Uh, that, that's really innovative. And by the end of that scene where he goes home, uh, there's a picture of his his wife in the glove box, which is probably what he was after. I mean, the car's probably got sentimental meaning because he gives it to John Leguizamo to, to fix. So, he's yeah. In the first one as well. I gathered, yeah. Because when his car gets stolen, they take it to his shop. Like, he, he runs like a chop shop type thing. And they're like, can you uh, get any plates for this and that lot? This is the Russian son. And he sees it and he's like, the fuck did you get this car? <laughs> he's like, this is John Wick's car. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite funny. Any other standout moments for you, Chris? Well, there's the fight in the art gallery where he's chasing after Santiago, and then it goes through all the exhibits into that. It was called Into the Human Soul or something. It's a weird mirror room. If you've ever been in a mirror maze, that's essentially what it is. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting fight scene, that was. Looking around the corner, but you don't know if it's them or a reflection and stuff. Yeah, and that lends for some interesting shots and stylized stuff, because there's a fight where we're not looking at them, we're looking at them in a mirror that's on the floor, and they, like you said, there's angles where you think they're right there, but 
no, he just turns the gun yeah. and it's it's a he shoots and it's a mirror. It's a really pretty film. I've said that before. I'll probably <laughs> say it again. But yeah, you, you that, like it. yeah, that scene in particular lends itself for interesting camera tricks and and things. Yeah, so the, all of the sets and locations were really, I don't want to say futuristic, but they were really interesting. That train station was com- immaculate. It was so white, yeah. apart from there's a weird like lightning bolt thing going across it. The set design is, is and the s- location scouts have really, really done themselves. It, yeah. yeah. What do you think of the fight in the catacombs? This is just after he's assassinated, uh, well, he doesn't actually assassinate Santiago's sister. He goes there to kill her, and she's like, you know what, I'm just going to kill myself, because I know you're going to kill me, but I'm going to go out on my terms. Yeah. And he still shoots her in the head afterwards. Well, he's, he's got a double check, hasn't he? Yeah, I suppose. But then he's, he runs, and he gets chased by Santiago's men, and he ends up in the catacombs beneath uh, like the Colosseum there in Rome. But what do you think of that scene when he's down there? And it's the really close, because that's when the, he was shooting. It was really loud with the bullets. Yeah, I think, which, I don't know whether it was the film or the projection people. I know sometimes directors give... Uh, the the cinema workers like order not orders but suggestions to make the film more immersive like changing aspect ratios and things like that but yeah it, it sounded really loud especially at the beginning with the cars revving and everything the first it did one start to hurt my ears a tiny bit but it was probably just me was it loud for you? Well, maybe you're just deaf yeah. well the first one was like I was watching that through headphones and that it was like it was well you can turn thing. the volume down on on your headphones i know i didn't know but <laughs> still but yeah it, it was like that as well but what did you think of the um arterial spray like when you shot people in the head and the blood splattered on the wall and stuff yeah I, I couldn't tell whether it was cg or not i love a blood pack i love a Good i love i love pack, real yeah. practical effects i couldn't tell if they were or they were cg blood spatter i'm sure there's probably a mix of both there's a scene in this where he um he goes to visit uh lawrence fishburn the fishburn reunited like, is this reunited for the first time since matrix i'm sure they've hung out together in a pub but uh, yeah, on I screen i don't know maybe um, but anyway he rocks them like morpheus he's like neo i was expecting they don't Trin- say that <laughs> they do i was expecting a trinity cameo to happen but anyway um He's like, I need, I need a gun. He's like, Let's talk about Fishburne's character okay. before you... Fishburne, he's kind of a homeless man's kingpin. He's got... A network of assassins. Assassin homeless people. Yeah. Or they're probably not as highly trained as John Wick. But no. they're, they're, they're homeless. They're hobos with guns, basically. And they report to Fishburne and they help him keep control of his part of New York that he's the, the lord over. And yeah, Wick goes for to him for help, and Fishburne's like, "Okay, you you want my help? You tried to kill me once, but you offered me a choice: either I shoot you in the back and die because you cut my neck, or I stop the bleeding and live. And now look what I've become: I've become a hobo king. <laughs> and because this is the point where Wick's got a seven million pound or dollar bounty on him, Fishburne gives him seven bullets." A million dollar a bullet. That's kind of... I went back to Bond. Scaramanga. A million pounds a hit. So... <laughs> interesting, yeah. I like the Fishburne character. He was eccentric and likeable. Get this man a gun. Okay. <laughs> it gives him, like you say, it gives him the gun with the seven bullets on it. And he goes into the art gallery and he pulls it out. 
Did you count to see if you used seven shots before it ran out? Yes. I did. It was oh, seven. Yeah, it was seven. And he was just like, God damn it. Yeah. He used them too quickly as well. It's like, oh, shit. It's because he shoots two bullets at everybody. Yes. One in the chest, one in the head. One in the leg, one in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So the Fishburne, good character. Yeah. John Leguizamo didn't get enough screen time for me to form an opinion over. He has about the same amount in the first film. So not a lot. No, not a lot, a lot at all. Unfortunately, I mm, like him. Yeah, I, I, would, I would like to have seen more, but yeah, he's a chop shop ex assassin runny guy. His weapon of choice, a car. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, that, that car. That, car foo. That car that John Wick drives at the beginning when he's chasing the guy on the motorcycle. He gets out in the first film from that dude. Just in case you're wondering, just letting I, you know. I wasn't giving some back info on it. Thank you for clarifying. That's all right. The dog in the first one was called Daisy as well. And the dog in this one doesn't have a name. No, it's called Boy, isn't it? It's called, it's called Dog. Dog. Dog with no name. The Clint Eastwood of dogs in films. Uh, anything else to add, Chris, before we give this film a watch or a don't watch? Um, yes, I liked it. I'm excited. I'm hoping that they do a John Wick 3, because they've left it wide open for a John Wick Chapter 3. Yes, and... Keanu Reeves has said as well he'd like to get back into it and this is probably going to make his money back so there will be one at some point in the future yeah. unless we're horribly wrong and everyone else hated it what did you think of all the hotel hotel type things because when he goes there's a scene in the hotel where he goes in and he pays with a gold coin and he gets a room for the night or for a couple of nights he gets his meals and they also have a are you asking on-site... me about the economy of assassins Hang on. Well, I'm so not an accountant they, Chris um, they also have on site they have a, uh, a tailor's who makes him a bulletproof suit somebody get guns from uh, and there was something else I forgot what the other guy was oh somebody gave him the map of like the costume yeah the stuff. intel guy that was all in the hotel do you think that's a that's quite good intriguing good scenes I don't think they were all in the hotel I think the sweatshop because he goes through a sweatshop to the tailor's oh yeah and there's a so they're not all I know the gun places Touché. in the hotel because uh, we're introduced to Peter Serafinowicz, who's very British and very helpful. He's he's great uh, and charming in this film. Ah, for dessert, the cutlery is is excellent. It's <laughs> a knife. <laughs> Shitloads of knife. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting world, and I will yeah. I will get back to the first one and look forward to John Wick three if they make it. So with that in mind, Chris. I would recommend a watch for this film. So would I. I would recommend. You don't have to, but I would recommend watching the first one first before this one because it just the first it, one first. The first one first. It just helps add to add to it and everything. Yeah, uh, I, I probably would have gotten more out of it if I had, but I, uh, I'm happy with the experience I had at the cinema. Yeah, I, yes. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a good one. Okay, I'll go watch. Deaths, Chris. So many deaths. <laughs> I think it was, this body count easily outseed out. Easily out exceeded. Out exceeded. Just easily exceeded. Easily exceeded the first one. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've not written down any any deaths. So any that stick out for you, because I don't want to go through the whole film. Oh no. Because okay. we'd be here forever. Oh, so How do you many. survive being shot in the foot and then shot in the head? Don't get shot in the foot first. <laughs> duh. Okay. Standout deaths. Let's have a look. You're gonna have the. Um, we'll start. We'll this? start with uh, the fat assassin. I was gonna say the individual assassin. So this is when John Wick's bounty is is out. So seven million is a tempting target, isn't it? So yes. you're gonna want to go for him. So John Wick is assaulted by several assassins, one of which is a giant man, 
like a sumo wrestler type person, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he uses some sumo moves. He pushes John Wick through a plate glass advertising thing, beats him up. Uh, but Wick he eventually goes all Legolas on him, manages to climb on him, cave troll style, yeah. puts a bullet in his head, uh, and then goes to walk away. And then the guy gets back up <laughs> briefly, <laughs> and John Wick turns around and, and puts another bullet in his head. So that guy, he's got several advantages. He's got strength advantage. We don't mm. know if he's got any weapons. I don't think he does because yeah. he never pulls anything. Uh, but he's he's disadvantaged. He's slow. Uh, he's obviously not got the agility, and he can be climbed on like a set of monkey bars. Yes. So, but I reckon had he got a good hold on John Wick, like bear hug type style. Oh yeah, he crushed the done, man. To he could have done some serious damage. Maybe not enough to kill him, but definitely break a rib or something. Which Incapacitate. Point, oh yeah, and then he could have finished him off. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, because John Wick at this point, he's also... Has he encountered the violent lady? Because she shoots him uh, yeah, she's the in, first in the one. ribs. So that would add to the damage. Just squeeze him mm. out. Maybe all of his guts would fall out. Uh, Those two bullet <laughs> yeah, I like it. Ooh. Yeah, that was interesting when they'd done the assassins. Because rather than having, oh, here's an assassin. Oh, he's killed. Here's the next one. It just had all of them sort of attack him. It, done, like, it was intercut scenes, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Which I think, I like that. Yeah. Again, stylish film, yeah. Chris. I think... The assassin lady who's playing the violin, she's uh, in the um, the station or wherever she is. She's in a weird, like, neon tunnel thing, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. I think she had the best chance, because he walks past, he doesn't suspect anything, and then as soon as she goes past, she pulls out a gun and shoots him. All of her shots hit him in the back, and he's wearing this bulletproof suit. Yeah, so it's laced with wearing. Kevlar or some yeah, so futuristic... Had she aimed for his head, it would have killed him. Yeah, obviously, it would have killed Instantly, him straight out. Yeah. yeah. So she had the best chance. It's just, she was like, oh, I just plant lines of bullets in his back, not expecting him to be wearing this suit. That was her downfall. Were you kind of disappointed that her violin wasn't a machine gun? I was. Instead of pulling out a handgun, she just yeah. turns it and goes, die. Yeah, I thought she was going to, when he walked past and she like put it away, I was like, oh, it's going to change. Or she's going to use the uh, the boil of it. It's like, like a choky thing or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And she pulled it and I was like, ah, oh, okay, fair enough. Not really one for gadgets in this film. No, not quirky assassins. No. There is a place for quirky assassins. Roger Moore Bond. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, if she just shot him in the head, because uh, I mean, once he gets her, and he gets her on the floor. He like breaks her arm and then snaps her neck. So yeah, yeah, she doesn't stand a chance in the in the close close fight. No, uh, the two pencils, the crossword oh. guys. <laughs> I mean, he uses that pencil to brutal fashion. He stabs one guy, and then goes back to the other guy and stabs him some more with the pencil. And the best bit is he then pulls the pencil out and then like holds it against the wall and slams the guy's head into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Puts it in a guy's ear? Oh <laughs> my point? god, yeah. Oh There was a there was a girl sitting to the left of me and she uh flinched and put her hand up over her face when he was pushing it down to the ear. Because it wasn't like a quick one, he's like it was a it was three lingering. shot of just yeah. pushing it in. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I like that. I think then there was just those two guys that chased him who were like uh, clean people, but the homeless guy took care of them. Yeah, yeah, so, he did. Um, I think the next standout one is when he fights the woman who doesn't speak, who uses a sign language. Okay, yeah. Uh, she's played by Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Oh, I nice think. Well, what do you think? So when he's fighting her, and then he, um, she pulls out that knife, and obviously he disarms her, and he just stabs her through the hand with it. And then yeah, because she's, she's trying to her. stop him... Killing on. her, obviously. Yeah. And this is in the mirror room. Um, she doesn't really stand a chance. We don't know much about her backstory. 
So she could be on a level with John Wick, but he deals with her fairly promptly. Mm. Uh, if she didn't have the element of surprise, the fight would have been over even quicker. Uh, there's another standout scene that we forgot to talk about. Uh, when Cassian is trying to claim the seven million pound uh bounty on John Wick, this is kind of a double win-win for Cassian because he wants revenge for John Wick killing his ward, um, Santiago's sister, who he's meant to be protecting, and they have a a silent shootout as they in a train station where Wick is on the ground floor. Uh, Cassian is on an upper platform and they're both sneakily taking pot shots at each other without looking, <laughs> trying to be as unsuspecting as possible but failing. You like that? I like that. I thought that was quite funny. And uh, They have an entire fight scene before that, don't they, before they end up in the um, Continental. Well, they have a bit of a shootout uh, where there's a fountain in between them and then they get into the, yeah, that is, the train all, station. All of their fight scenes were good. Mm. I liked all yeah. their fight scenes. But that, yeah, I took a scene where there are because nobody else around seems to notice them. No. And silences, they don't completely cancel out sound. In this v- universe, they do, apparently. Or oh, everyone in the trade station is just also, blissfully ignorant of the shootout taking place. John, he shoots people like... He gets headshots on them from quite a distance. And he's struggling to hit Cassian. And obviously Cassian's struggling to hit him. I don't know if that's because they're trying so hard to conceal their weapons. I think they're concealing it and... There's a lot of moving stuff in the way. There's a lot of distractions. Yeah. There's pillars that get in the way of Cassian being shot. And there's people that get in the way of Cassian shooting John. I'm also guessing they don't want to hit anybody else. Exactly, I think yeah. it's another one of their codes, not killing like just innocent bystanders. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Otherwise, someone would just use an explosion to take out John Wick. A grenade or a something. Grenade, yeah, yeah, so it would all go to shit. So, there's, there's honour there, yeah. Then what do you think of their fight scene on the train? I liked it. I liked the build-up to it yeah. a lot. Because they're staring at each other. And you can tell John's trying to weigh up the options. Do I stay on the train and confront him? Do I continue to run, hop off the train quickly, and then hope he's trapped on the train and he's off to Brooklyn or somewhere non-stop? Uh, yeah, and then the fight itself was, was good. There were still witnesses on the train, so they couldn't contain themselves for everyone to leave. They were just like, it's empty enough but now. Let's, let's, go. <laughs> let's just do it. But he doesn't result in a death. He gets stabbed in the chest. Cassian gets stabbed in the chest. And John's like, it's in your whatever it was. If you pull it out, you're going to bleed to death. He's essentially done what he did to Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. It gave him a choice. Uh, Wick describes it as a professional courtesy because he's not got anything particularly against him and they were probably friends because they know each other's drinks. So like, hey, Wick, you drink a bourbon and you drink a tonic, gin and tonic. So yeah, there's no malice on Wick's part. So he doesn't particularly want to have Cassian's death on his conscience. And, you know, there might be grounds for a team up there which I thought they were going to do because Wick could have gone when they were having their drink at the hotel and told him who wanted uh, Cassian's ward dead. And he was like, hey, it was the brother. That's not very honourable, is it? And he's trying to kill me. All I did was carry out his orders. Although that probably would have ended in Cassian going, I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah. Still going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. There's that. And then I think, just the, the other standout there, again, would be um, Santiago's. 
Okay, at the, uh, at at the, the end, end, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Wick's chasing him, he's chasing him through all the galleries, killed all these men. Santiago goes to one place where he thinks to be safe, the Continental. Yeah. The rule, do not carry business out on the premises. He thinks John's not allowed to shoot me, because if he does, John would be... They call it um, ex... Excommunicade. Like, yeah, basically, you're kicked out, you don't get access to any of the Continentals, and there and, is a bounty placed onto you. Yeah, you, you forfeit your life, because... Yeah. It's a sacred, yeah. It's a sacred rule. The if everyone just starts flouting it, then the continental becomes just a place where everyone gets killed, mm. and it loses its reputation as you know a nice high class place for assassins to, to stay, yeah. lay their heads. Yeah, so it's it's a very serious thing that John Wick does, and Santiago doesn't help himself because he goads him into it. So Wick walks into the dining room. And Santiago's enjoying a nice steak meal. And the proprietor of the hotel... Uh, what's his name? I don't... I just call him the manager. <laughs> and the manager is sat at the bar. And he tries to talk Wick down. And he goes, put the gun down, John. And Santiago goes, oh, I like it here. A man could stay here for a thousand years and not eat the same meal twice. Bang! It's <laughs> boring. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. I think that was Santiago's plan, wasn't it? Just stay in the Continental for as long as... And he can probably afford to stay in the Continental forever. Because uh, he's, he's rich and well-connected. Yeah, unless John... was still on his head, obviously. Yeah, unless John stayed in the Continental. And we got like a buddy cop of those two trying to force each other out of the Continental. <laughs> Here's the door! Oh no, you're outside the premises! Bang, I shoot you! Or trying to get Wick out of the Continental. Oh, assassins everywhere! Dead! I would but, enjoy um, that. That's a nice scare. <laughs> That's what that dad one's all about. Yeah, trying to push each other out the front door. Mm. I won't go! <laughs> I think had Santiago not sat there just enjoying his meal so much and being like, a smug prick. Yeah, if he just sort of checked into a room and just sort of laid Ed. low, yeah, perhaps John would have. Uh, they might not have given John the room number, and uh, he would have just left. Although he probably would have come back at some point. He would have tried to get him out somehow, but yeah, he goaded him on. He was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, to the point where John knew he's like, "Okay, if I kill Santiago, the seven million bounty's gone, but I'm going to get an even bigger bounty." And put myself in an even worse scenario. EMB excommunicado, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Kick out. What happened? Yeah. And now, normally, you do if you do that, what happens in the first film? A female assassin attacks John, and the same thing happens to her. But they wait until she leaves the hotel, and then they kill her. Yeah. No blood on the premises. Yes. In this, they um. Professional courtesy, the manager. Yeah, the manager. Contract activates. Yeah, because the manager he he likes John. Yeah. For for whatever reason, I mean, they probably have, probably share many bourbons over Everybody the years. Everybody seems to know who John is. I know, yeah, it's that mythos again surrounding him. Yeah. Everyone says John Wick, and like, oh shit, things are about to hit the fan. <laughs> so, it's professional courtesy. They like each other. Mm. Gives him an hour to go, and an hour is probably enough time for John to disappear. Uh, with his dog, which, his dog which manages to survive this film which is good no more doggy deaths in movies the third one just opens with the dog being shot and it's just John going no oh, no save the dog yeah poor dog it lives good anything else do you want pizza dog in the third one 
Yes, Pizza Dog. Pizza Dog will be John Wick's new dog. <laughs> oh, I like it. I do too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And anything else to add? It's just a great no. film. Just go watch it. It is, enjoy yeah. enjoy it. Chris, if people want to talk to us about John Wick Chapter 2, how do they do that? They send a message through the Continental. Talk to Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> He'll send a carrier pigeon or a hobo to <laughs> convey your message. Or you can email us at we can survive that at gmail.com or you can tweet us where at we can survive exactly uh if you want leave a review on itunes that would help us out a lot as long as it's a positive review but be honest if we're shit tell us we're shit just a sack of shit just hire john wick to take us out of no, the pod- oh my god no, john. of the podcast game next week uh logan's coming up pretty soon so it will be an X-Men related thing, I'm sure. But yeah, until then, you normally say something now. I would say keep on surviving, but if you've got Wick on you, just go to the Continental. Even that won't save you anymore. No. <laughs> if you do, don't smugly sit there eating steak, going, oh, oh the dust fat is all good, oh. yeah. Rick. <laughs> until next time, goodbye. Pizza Dog! Pizza dog! Pizza dog!